wafting across the pastoral vistas of the new basement studios by the lake, this is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, 3,000 Miles of Opinion. This is Atlantic Voice Podcast, I'm Zef. And I'm Eric. Back in the new basement studio by the lake for the first time in what feels like eons. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, you know, you held down the fort there. I was wondering whether this is going to be called the cup of tea by the lake or something like that. I mean, I wasn't no, sure that if was you're going to change your name. Okay. That was a, that was a one-off thing that, mm-hmm. that we did that, that, that was done. Yeah. I'd, I'd run my mouth, set out to do it, and I did it, and now it's done. It's yeah, I mean, here, here we are at New Year's, and of course this was, in fact, your New Year. For people who don't know, Zeph uh, did solo um, a, what did you call World Cup of Tea. Yep. 30, 30 straight days. 30 days of... Um, ostensibly 15 minute podcasts, uh, 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, there uh, was a, you and know. about not not about well inspired by the games, but not about the games per se. Although you d- definitely had a little bit more, I think, with about the games than maybe you expected. I don't know, a little bit more, just talking more, maybe just in the course of gambling and all. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I you know because I you know I, we talked about it in the preview and, and we talked about it in the run up to it that I. I didn't want it to be a football thing, right? Because again, you could you can get that elsewhere and get it better. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's I many mean, people on the internet in the business of delivering you this stuff. Yeah, and so you know, it, we did want something that was a bit more in tune with how we normally approach things. A so skew. more of this sort of tangential, gen- yeah, tangential general <laughs> interest, some combination of that stuff. So yeah, which you can so as a result, you can still go back and listen to it because. Mostly, I mean, nicely, your gambling. Well, let's talk about the gambling tips in a moment. But the okay. gambling tips were at the ends. Yeah. And so, if you wanted to listen to things, there's a number of uh, book suggestions, movie suggestions, and reviews and around the soccer and related topics. Yeah. A little bit of music talk because you're busy trying to get us in copyright problems by uh, playing people's music at the that, end. That's true, but we don't make any money. So, really, what copyright are we uh, violating? I don't know if that's the difference, but the. Uh, um, so all that was uh, it actually found I I did not listen to all of it. Oh, okay. That's a lot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but I definitely listened to some. I mean, there was some like you could like. I mean, on a book review, I'm like, I know what books you like. I don't. I don't need to listen to a book review no. or the movie reviews. I actually, you should, did you make a list of the movies and books so that people don't have to go and listen to each episode to figure out which movies and books were suggested. No, I didn't. You should. You should I don't. Do that. I mean, I don't. I can add that to this blog post. I will yeah. do this in this blog post. I don't. The blog isn't used really I to know. blog anymore. Well, yeah, I was going to say you always refer to it as a blog, but, but I that's don't. what it is technically, isn't it? It's a blog. It's a uh, website. It's a blog. I, I, I don't think so. I okay, mean, <laughs> but what on the know? entries, the entries on these episodes. Okay, so you could put it out there. I mean, you could always throw something on the Twitter feed because it are are. Announcements of new episodes comes out on Twitter feeds. So That's just right. Throw That's a bunch correct. Of things in the Twitter feed and link them back. Is there a central link to the uh, world? The World Cup of Tea. Uh, I'm going to try to do that so within maybe, the site. Yeah, yeah. Within the blog. Yeah. Well, no. Like you can put a Twitter <laughs> post that somebody could go over. You know, the link could be to something on the website. That then takes you to the other ones. But in any event, they're all in a block, right? Like, so we didn't do any episodes in the middle of it. So if you go and look at episodes of the Life Voice before this, it's all those. Yeah. And then if you go back, 30 of them, you know, so we've scrolled back. Like, it'll look like we've had a ton more episodes all of a sudden. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any way that 
don't want to get bogged down in website management, but there is a way to sort of farm some things out. Well, yeah, spend so the time put, to put a couple lists, maybe a little guide. I mean, because actually, you know, if you want, maybe if you could put a little guide on the website as to what you ended up really talking about each, it'll lead people to the ones that like well, well, actually I, be worth listening what to. What I was thinking of doing, because re- realistically, you know, you and I over the last two years, our schedule has become more erratic. Yeah. So what I was going to do with this content was sort of maybe cut episodes from the World Cup of Tea and create like a 40-minute book oh, review movies. back to back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. 40-minute, these are all the ones. And so on weeks when it's slow for us, like, oh, we're not able to do a show because our lives are in the way, we can just go straight back to that and yep. get it out there and sort of repackage, you know, content in the way that we repackage for sure. the best of show. Sure. Anyway, so that was the New Year's. We don't have any new New Year's resolutions. No, because that year. was mine from last year. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, And only know, for the second time ever I'll, did we, I do we, my resolution. We might we might come up with we some, might, yeah. but we're not we're not coming out with them here in our first New Year episode. No. Um, you very generously credited me as executive producer yes. of this. But although, you know, a lot of executive producers also don't do anything. No, but they have but, ownership. But as long as the, I'm the executive producer, I do have some notes. Okay. You know, here we go. Like <laughs> I, I think I sent a couple of these to you. For for one thing, the intro music, which yeah. I know was like the obscure thing that turned out to be I forget what show Thunderbirds. Uh, Thunderbirds, Space, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did anybody ever guess that? By the way, someone emailed me. They had go- they had basically shazammed. Oh, well, that's the not... other, and that didn't count. And yeah, I yeah, said yeah. to them privately, "No, you're not going to shout." I mean, out. to be honest, I suspected it must be linked to that show. Or the, I, I basically thought of it. I didn't even know what Thunder. I was like, "This is puppet show." I'm sure it's, it's a got, puppet yeah. show, <laughs> you know. And so I tried. So to, both different entries were from the two different puppet shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that the music I think was a little long as an intro for a 15 minute. Podcast because it's like it was fifteen seconds. I know, but that's like when you're and you're trying to get bite-sized stuff. Okay, and oh, somebody's or you. you've heard that intro like just yesterday or maybe earlier that day because you listen okay. back. So you're like, okay, get on with it. You know, okay. one, two, you know, all that stuff. Um, the um, it's called production value. You know, the, the one of the <laughs> things you know that, as one of the nice things we're here in the same room and so like the sound for me has been obviously with this. We use some pretty decent oh, like yeah. software for for us doing remote, but it's still not. It's still the same as being here now with the mixing board. <laughs> but and the, the kicker computer. was when you were cutting in bits of me commenting about things. I mean, I really sounded like uh, I was like trapped in a fifty-five gallon, gallon barrel or something like that. Well, like, that's the internet for you, <laughs> yeah. Because those were from show we've been we've done so many shows yeah. apart. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, I. But 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 one of the main clips you kept using, I think there were two variations. Were two. Yeah, of like you know the, well, the they, fact they that I did not believe you could stick yes. to the fifteen minutes and even. Even on one episode where you said, aha, sort of in your face, I've got it, that was over 15 minutes too. Well, <laughs> it, 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 I remember when it was finished, I'm like, ooh, it was over 15 minutes. But to your point about the music, if you pull out all the music, See, there you the go. actual content was about 13 and a half minutes. So there you go. Um, also, a couple of um, particular items. Oh, well, uh, so the... the um, a couple of verbal snafus. That sure. There was the one that you told me about, and I already had heard was toying costs. Toying costs, yeah. Which you said like multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I just kept doing it. I don't like, know what happened. Like, and it's kind of funny when you hear <laughs> toying costs. I, I'm curious as to when anybody's listening now. It doesn't actually sound wrong. You know, like the first moment, it was kind of like when I heard that, I was like, well, and I said, wait a second. 
I think he just said coin toss. That's backwards, isn't it? As opposed to coin toss, obviously. Um, And then when you referred to me as a Native American, yeah, figured that quick to call me. Well, I don't want to get us in trouble here. No, exactly. But but I wanted what you meant was obviously you are American. Yeah, but you're a naturalized citizen. Where I was, but but you know, Native American has a different connotation. I didn't do, you know, and I didn't do anything. I never read anything that I'd written out in longhand. The most I did was read from scribbled notes. Okay. And I think, I, you know, I was, I was, I had this thought when it was all finished. It is a very different experience. And it's not just podcasting, it's human interaction in general. And I have said this I find the show easier to do when you and I are in the same room. Sure. Even talking to you over Zoom is different. And I'm sure we've all found that over the last couple of years at work. You have these Zoom meetings and people kind of lock in and, you know, yeah, yeah. people aren't sure who's supposed well, to speak. Yeah, you can't tell who's making eye contact. Right. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's just staring straight ahead. But also, just reading from notes and talking into a microphone, it is it, your rhythms and internally, you know, your brain pattern, it's just different. Yeah. And so, like I say, I remember when you when you when you texted me and said, "Oh yeah," and you've got that toying cost thing, <laughs> and I went back and listened to the episode. Yeah, I mean, you might not. Did you I notice was, it at all when you did it? No, no exactly. And I went back and I listened to the episode, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I just did it like six times in a row." <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's that thing: is your brain just sort of reconfigures? Yeah, yeah. And so you're talking, and I would sit there, and I would have all jokes aside. I would have the the timer on my phone, mm-hmm. so I kind of knew how long I was going. But also, I'm running all the stuff myself. Yeah. Like even here, when we do this show, if we're playing clips, you'll dig for the clip. Right, I'll that's talk, right. Yeah, we do have. Or if split. you're ready to go, I'll fiddle around over here. And it's interesting. About seventy percent of the episodes, nothing was done in. There may have been multiple takes. But nothing was take one and take three spliced together. Like I right. would, I would do it. I would do a feature off the notes. Yeah, and go. Eh, you know, I didn't like that. Yeah, like and then I'd do it again. If I had time, yeah. I'd do it again. Yeah. But then there are other weeks when, because there were some nights when I was doing this at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. When you're doing it every day, like my original plan had been to have other people on. To think that oh, could, yeah. that could take a lot of but, <laughs> but to be fair, when you're doing this every day, yeah, you're also trying to, you know, trying to sync people's schedules yeah, yeah. and and then to the point, you know, we I never wanted it to not be about the World Cup. And what I meant by that was if anything did happen, I was immediately ready mm-hmm. to move a pre-packaged show to a different day right. to react to, oh my gosh, look what just happened. Because yeah. I think I still think that if you're doing it every day, some people are listening and that's their expectation. Yeah, well, they'd like to hear a quick take. I mean, everybody right. wants a hot take on something that happened if they listen all the time. So my last, uh, my oh, last, last come on. strategic comment. I don't understand how you got to the point of why figs as surrogates for betting amounts, first of all, but then if you're going to make the leap from figs to then using the audio clip of bad from, dates. about bad dates. I explained that from, in the episode. 
the first time I used it, I explained it. Well, in the sense that you had nothing else for it. So, but why wouldn't you just change it and make the betting stuff dates in the first? Like, I don't understand. Like, tell me the steps. Like, did oh. you decide at figs first, and then you go looking around for a fig soundbite, realize there is none, so I'll go with the dates? Did I, or did you? I mean, it just seems odd to make those two things completely different. I mean, they're both. I know you you made some story about how they're like the types of the, these types of foods that are grown in in like similar yes. you know environments in there. And but I think for some for some reason in my mind, I didn't want to do dates because because there was a clip of dates. I know that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But dates have already. It's funny. I watched. I actually sat and watched on TV yesterday, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. And the, I, the first, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. the original one. Yeah. It was just on TV, so yeah. I had it on while yeah. I was doing stuff. For some reason, that, like so much of our stuff, that you, you get like that that scene and that clips in your memory. And I'm thinking, ooh, that'd be a good way to sort of portion out that part of the show. And between that and your two comments, you had three bits of like jingles queued up yeah, yeah. for now it's time for that. Yeah. It's like you don't even need to like, like it's if you people have those sound boards where you just press buttons right. it's the same thing you get stuck in there each time. So I don't know why, but I got it in my head to do figs. And I think maybe because I hadn't watched Raiders in the Lost Ark for years, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I just know that there's the bit <laughs> where the monkey about, dies. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, I went ahead in my mind and started with figs, and then the clip is dates, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> because because I, I was clearly using the whole thing as like a, uh, I don't know, cinnamon, cinnamon, the wrong thing. I didn't want to talk about cash. Yeah, yeah. It's a stand-in. It's a unit. Yeah, it was a unit, and mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I ended up there. But it, I don't know, makes sense. Know. On the other hand... I mean, did you legitimately? You ended up yes. up for the whole course yes. of thing. I mean, obviously, I every it, every 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 recommendation I made, I placed my own hard-earned money mm-hmm. in real life. And the the only it was only when I got towards the end that I remember you and I were texting during the World Cup final. That was the one game where I didn't want to. I wouldn't have gone near it under normal circumstances, and. As it turned out, I was my double prediction was wrong. If I'd gone with my gut and yeah. stayed away from it, we would have made even more after twenty. Well, it didn't days. seem to me. But like I felt you... like, you, you, but as part of the show stick, and I think I said running up to the game, well, we can't suddenly not have a pick. You've got to make yeah, yeah. No, no, that's and you have said before that the easiest games to do in soccer are the ones that you don't know anything about. Like that's the thing. Yeah. It's like the more there's in your head about the teams and yeah. preconceived notions and the drama of bigger games. There's always what you put yeah. things on. Last yesterday when I was watching the Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee game, and it came up to the point where it's like five minutes. This I love this live betting stuff. I just you know like well, see, I immediate don't, gratification I, I, kind I, I of thing. So they don't go near it. I forget they were offering a 50-50 bet, like you know a, a plus one hundred bet on an over that was essentially four and a half points, and it was like okay, I mean either both teams are going to score field goals or somebody's going to score a touchdown. I think this is pretty easy, right? And I put a bet on there, and literally <laughs> thirty seconds later, Jacksonville intercepts the ball, runs runs it in for a touchdown, and I cover, and, oh, okay. I, and, I, and I got it done. And the neat thing is like because the game's you're already over, it pays you. There. Like it doesn't wait till the game ends. It's not yeah, like oh, you're going to take a score. Oh, so literally, that was the fastest I've ever had a bet. My, my five dollar bet. <laughs> I have no 
There is no attract. There's something about the in-game which, to me, feels. I don't know. It feels like this whole thing isn't a lottery. It feels like it's a lottery to me. I don't, the, the thing about it for those things, like I don't. When I see a, a pair of teams that are playing in, in a sport that I know, right? Okay. Like I'm like. I have no idea like how it's going to go, but I do feel like, and maybe it's from years of watching Virginia collapse in football or things like that. I always feel like in game, I have a sense, not a knowing sense, but like a more likely than not, this is just how it plays out. I think you and I have had this discussion before though. When you watch enough soccer, especially when you're watching like premier league and it's on every week and it's, you know, you feel like you've got games on and you feel like you're, kind of watching games without watching games. Yeah. But it's easy to suddenly get trapped in a game, especially when the momentum shifts. Yeah. And you can sit and go, oh, yeah, they're going to score here. And that happens to me all the time. And then within yeah. 10 minutes, I go, oh, there you go. They scored. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, just, yeah. It's a weird t- – and, and soccer is harder than other ones. But, oh, like, fo- so football – like, so right now, if as a Virginia guy, if you – like, Virginia has multiple times run up, like, 20-point leads on teams and then had them close. They lost at Pitt, and then Syracuse almost caught them. Okay. I tell you what, I'm going to guess – oh, actually, I can't do it because we're in Virginia, so I can't do that. But if anybody was doing it outside of Virginia <laughs> and you, you find that, like, Virginia's up by 20 and they offer you a spread bet that's more like 10 and, like, you can, like, get, the, you know, something like that. Well, you're it's more 10. likely than not. Like, I get the fact that statistically, when you look at all huh. the college teams, here's how huh. it's going to play out. Huh. This is just the way you can expect it. So if, you, if you've listened through the World Cup of Tea, my partner is now telling you to take a fig and put it on that. <laughs> yeah, put, put it on that. Uh, take one of your, one, one of your winning figs take off one of, of your that winning stuff. Figs. Well, that was the thing. I, because I, and, and to be entirely fair, when it started, I was convinced, I was convinced that we were going to, at some moment, we were going to be in the red. Yeah. And I sat and I spent in the same way that I didn't I kind of put thought but no logic into why it's the dates, clip, and figs. <laughs> I kind of sat and I thought, well, how many figs should I give people? And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to work out, well, it's three or four games a day, but I'm only going to do one or two picks a day. And I started with a dozen, but I probably only should have started. Six. I, I don't know. Well, I started with a dozen. If you had started still, with six, probably you would have run out. And then it would have yeah. been awkward when you had to yeah. tell everybody to re-up your figs. Yes, yeah, so I, I wanted to avoid that. Take, go, to, go to the fig ATM and take out six more figs. But hey, if you <laughs> went, we're going to chase the dragon here. If you went with the house, you made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First time ever. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for my notes. I mean, I, I did think you underplayed when... When uh, just before England was had its law, like you, you had a lot of like, oh, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter, kind of thing, and and you underplayed a little bit. That of that. was I'm actually sure the, that mattered more. That was actually the, when they got knocked out, because because here's the reality of it, and and I and I listened back to a couple, and I suddenly realized it, it's weird when you start doing this on a daily basis. You want to create this sort of pretend sense of time. So obviously, I could set things to release at certain times. But but in reality, because the games the next day started at five in the morning, my window for doing a prior yeah. for doing the for doing the show was the night before, and I remember. So that meant that when England got knocked out, I didn't have anything lined up for the next morning. I didn't want to just suddenly do a book review and then just sort of go, you right. know, right. England got beat. <laughs> And I was kind of, it was, and I don't know if U.S. fans felt the same way. I was kind of bummed and that like, oh, we're out of the World Cup. And it was the only time in the whole thing where I'm like, I can't be asked to do this stupid show this tomorrow. <laughs> and then I literally yeah, so. sort of did that 
it was a complete MacGuffin talking yeah. about fixing a toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and someone said to me, oh, that was very clever. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't as good as it. I think it, the idea was better than the execution. There was only one other show that... that I think I had a lot of. I remember having a lot of technical notes about your toilet fixing. Yeah, you know, I know you're not that you're not heavy into the home repair piece of it. No, I, I just look it up on YouTube and do it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, there I were a couple, of, water couple of terms you were using. I was like, I don't think that's really what that is, but that's fine. It's a cistern and a float and a pendulum <laughs> wop. Yeah, the only other one that was completely that I truly just wung it, um, wung it, <laughs> winged it, wang, winged it, wang, wanged it. It was it was the combination show of Brazil getting knocked out. And talking about the disposable stadium. Yeah. And I'd sat there in the day and I'm like, scribbled some notes down on my desk at work. And then I'd left work to do the show and I'd left the notes behind. So I'm sitting, oh, in, front, right. I'm sitting in front of the computer and the microphone at like seven at night going, oh, I've got to do the show. Got a bit of paper and I quickly just scribbled like six words down and I'm like, okay, just talk. That's the one time in the whole thing and where I'm, I just and, talk. And you still went over 15 minutes. Yes, I know. Like that would have been your perfect opportunity <laughs> to like. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing where the time goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like even we're now, we're 20 minutes <laughs> like, into the show. Not that we had a really in-depth thing. I was going to mention it would have been nice if during that, like if they, if we had heard about the Gio Reyna, uh, Craig Berhalter, Claudio Reyna drama, like during the World Cup. Can you imagine that? That would have been like been, led all been, over the place. We would have been doing a regular show within <laughs> the World <laughs> Cup of tea. Um, yes, that's a heck of a story. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's so common. I was trying to explain it to the other member of the household yesterday, and it was like you have to, like, set up the map. Like, for somebody who doesn't know anything about the U.S. soccer team and, like, the history of stars and stuff, you really have to map around out a lot of people. Okay, these two went to high school together. Their wives played at Carolina together. You know, like, all these things you have to get to the point to be, like, how weird it is. But but in any event, the, short, the short version is the parents of one of the 23-year-old players on the U.S. national team upset about her daughter her son not, not getting playing. enough playing time complained to the U.S. Soccer Federation in classic soccer mom fashion right. that, that uh, oh, that was not fair. Oh, and by the way, did you know that your coach kicked his now wife in the shins back in 1991? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and to your point, because I was just about to sort of contradict you a little bit there, but you've gone ahead and given everyone the essence of the story. That alone is a fascinating story yeah. that at the professional level someone's trying to get their own back on the coach yeah. for my kid not playing yeah. but to your point it's made even more fascinating by all the relationships. Yeah, like one of them was the best man, the other one's wedding. Right. The two the two wives were roommates in college. All the principals <laughs> have known each other. Yeah, the for the, this the lot. guys were in high school. They played yeah. high school ball together in New Jersey. Yeah. Kooky. It did give you the opportunity to see some pictures of Craig Burhalter back when he had uh when he had hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda of, you have to forget about that. Well, I, do, I do think he's gonna lose his job. Well, no, he's I, not gonna be renewed. Yeah, I I, I, I mean I there was a possibility that was happening anyway, yes. and at this point I gather he's Got some inquiries from European teams, mid-level, you know, European. But I find teams it interesting. I find it interesting because the, the the kid involved, kid, I think he's 23, 23, 24. 23 Yeah, he's playing. Bund- he's playing in the. Oh, Bundesliga. He's been playing for like four years or something like that. I mean, like a good chunk of time. It's not like he just arrived on the scene. The guy's probably. I don't know what he's making, but I'm sure it's millions a year. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he starts seventy percent of the time yeah, yeah. for Dortmund. Yep. What's fascinating about this story to me is that this even occurred. 
do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I've always had a sense that once you get to the professional level, yeah. right, then emotionally everyone's in a different place. Yeah. And yet, poor old mum couldn't help herself <laughs> yeah. and was still unhappy about it all. Yeah. And then, and apparently what makes the story more interesting too is when it was originally, I'm of the understanding that it was first brought to the attention of the Federation, I might be wrong here, by the coach saying that someone's trying to blackmail him. And then later, the mother was like, no, I'm not trying to blackmail anyone. And then she went on the record, which is the whole point of blackmail, you're on the record, so it's not blackmail. Right, right. She then went on the record and said, no, no, it was me who told the Federation about... Like, that, that's what I'm saying. This is a story with so many different layers. That's when it got greater publicity. But obviously, in order for it to have been given to the Soccer Federation, it, it had to be a story that got presented to them earlier. And from what I hear... But I think... But I'm of the understanding it had been a discussion first before it went to the Federation. And I, Ernie Stewart was the one who was getting the calls and complaints from, okay, from right, them. Okay, fine. Then maybe i uh, And he's a but the, Federation But the blackmail guy, word had, had been yeah, the blackmail around was a little weird. some news report. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, you mentioned movies. Yes. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember our organization. I'm, you mentioned the Indiana Jones. Um, we, we have to do our movie we scorekeeping. Yeah, we, didn't, but we, we didn't do that in November. But we can do it. I feel pretty confident that Top Gear won. I haven't even looked at anything, but I feel pretty Top confident Gun. Top, you said Top, Top, Gear, Top, Top, Gun, yeah. Top Gun Maverick won. Yes. But, um, but you know, Am, uh, Avatar, which I don't think was on our list no, because it Avatar wasn't really a summer movie, right? Like a couple but, of weeks uh, ago. But, like, I mean... We, you comment that you hadn't seen the original. I hadn't seen the original. It's not and my I, thing. I suggest. I suggest it. I'm sure it's available for free. We ought to see it only because it's almost like it's, it's a cultural thing to know about. And Is like, it? so you can. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, it's it's a really big movie for a, a generation of people. You know, maybe because I never but watched the first I watch one. It. I've never I, been I, clued I, into it. That. Stunk. You know, like it was it was bad. Well, it's interesting because that's obviously what's the remake? What's the the sequel called? Something Is water. Something about water. water. Like in their underwater. So like the, I, I was listening to James Cameron on like the Smartless yes. podcast, and he was talking about like one of the reasons it took so long is like the engineering into the special effects to get the water effects were supposedly so complicated that so they basically funny, didn't. It's funny things. you say that, and and we'll stay with James Cameron. I've always been of the understanding, if you said to me Titanic is a touchstone movie for a generation, I would agree with yeah. that. Because I feel that that was a movie that went beyond any sort of specific fan base. But I'm not going to lie to you, I never saw the first Avatar, because even though I like my share of science fiction, this was trending too much sort of like fantasy and stuff for me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm watching that. Well, that's what I'm. So I, it's not a touchstone for me, just because I'm I'm already bit. I'm already put off by the fact that it's it's a more specific interest. Whereas his other big hit, Titanic, that is a general interest. Is it got, won the Oscar? Yeah, right? I, I I think of it like in the band of um, the Hunger Games stuff, which I don't watch either. Exactly, but it was it was. While certainly it had viewers of all ages, it was in that, I don't, you know, 13, I'm making up, 13 to 25 or something like that was the sweet spot of people going to see the movies. And so that's why when I say it's a touchstone, it's like, it's just like we talked about on the Jurassic Park. Remember when Jurassic Park, yes. they started rebooting things or not really rebooting, but the the, 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 the sequels with a big yeah, yeah, with yeah. a big gap kind of thing were like, oh, people are going to be all over this, not us. You know, ours is the Star Wars generation and, you know, but... Uh, 
You mentioned Hunger Games. This is the last mention of the World Cup of Tea today. <laughs> so I doubt it. When 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 my youngest stepdaughter is home from college, I'm like, have you been listening to the show? And of course she hadn't. No. And then she does listen to a lot of podcasts. And then there was a general discussion about how everyone now's got a podcast. And she said to her sisters, because they all watch the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. she's like, Yeah, we need to have a Hunger Games for podcasts. Which I guess is which <laughs> like, I a, big, was quite like a, a survival fight yes. kind of thing. And I just sat there and I don't watch the Hunger Games and I'm like, we've been on for over a decade. We get grandfathered into some of the yeah. later rounds. We ain't playing in some early round. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have, we have to renew that idea of having a party or whatever the heck it was yeah. we were gonna do five years ago. So the sequel Avatar Underwater, I yeah. mean it's not a very good movie. I don't think it's good re- good reviews, and I don't. But it's made I, a bag since of the cash. first one didn't seem that good. Apparently, like you know, they're making like this isn't just one. They already filmed the second one. Okay, and then there's another one coming after that. Okay. I mean, this is going to turn into a whole thing. Okay, and when James Cameron's like, listen to him talk about these movies is very strange because I'm not sure he's that into movies, but he's really into like the technology movies. And so, like when they ask me, it's like, oh, you know, we developed this new technology for depicting the water and stuff like that, and and well, you know. Cost-wise, it just makes more sense to do two of them at once, you know, because then you can kind of have all the stuff done at the same time. And I want to pick up pick up on something you said right there. James Cameron seems more interested in the you know, the technical making of movies rather than the artistic. I've got to tell this story type yeah. thing. I think that's a really true statement, and it was interesting because he won the Oscar with Titanic, and then actually spent time. Going underwater. Oh, he's still doing stuff. that. Like, I, doing like they said, like and he bounces back like he and forth. It's almost like he mid career. Like, yep, I'm off to do that. And then I, because it must have been, gosh, it's got to be a decade between Titanic and the first Avatar. Yeah. And so I do think a little bit for him. You're right. He's, he's told the story because I do think for him. I read at the time, like Titanic was the story he wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. He'd done Aliens. He'd done a couple of Terminators. But unlike Spielberg who makes movies, and not to make it all about Indiana Jones, Spielberg isn't directing the new Indiana Jones, but he is listed, as he would be, as like yeah. an executive producer. Whereas Cameron's, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's weird. It's not like, well, I want to tell the story about so-and-so. And he won an Oscar. Yeah. So he could have done anything he wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, the, the implication, and That's I, I, I won't say he came out and said this, but what the interviewers on the Smartless podcast were asking him about were, like, is it really just, like, a job that you get the money so you can do the undersea stuff? And it was a little bit of, yeah, kind of. I think that's become his thing, yeah. He's, um, he's got his outside interest. Yeah. Which I guess, hey, listen, that's I mean, that's probably a throwback to another generation where, like, you know, people would produce movies and did all this stuff yeah. would have been like, that's how I got rich. It's not how I like my, who I am. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, so speaking of Titanic, one of the things, and this kind of ties in with his whole okay. t- scientific bend, I guess, um, it came out in 97, so I guess 95th anniversary. Because it's been, it's been they're, playing they're re, on my local cable a lot. Yeah, they're re-releasing it. Oh, they are? In some sense in February. Which what is that? Well, you sent me this article, right? I like, did? James Cameron proves Jack couldn't have survived the Titanic sinking. Oh, I read that. It was like yeah. something like someone was so, like... Uh, like, so apparently in the context of this, um, so people who don't know, I mean, like, so at the end when the ship goes the down, ship sinks. Kate Winslet is on a, is floating on a door, Yes, you know, and like, um, 
Leo tries to get up on there, can't get quite out. Obviously, the water is super duper cold. Yes. And um, but for years, people have always been like, I think he could have gotten on there. You know, like she really just, <laughs> you know, OK, I'm going to live. You get to die and freeze to death in the water. Um, but so he said he's scientifically proven that Leo DiCaprio's character, Jack, could not have survived. <laughs> and with an interview, he has commissioned it said he has commissioned a scientific study to put it to de- to to uh, to rest where he had stunt people with like some sort of meters and like things attached to them because obviously they didn't put them in freezing cold water but it probably kept the temperatures trying to figure it out and it says the results of the study will be shown on National Geographic when Titanic is re-released in February. So this was why I'd sent that to you and you've actually helped me (laughs) remember why. (laughs) No, but (laughs) I've just said that obviously I think it's conventional wisdom that Titanic is a is sort of a touch tone moment for for a whole load of generations. But I had never realized. I knew that the film Titanic is a touchstone and, oh, Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And the two of them are very good sports. I think they've done two other movies together since. Yeah. And they always talk about it. Yeah, we were both at the same stage in our career. We're good friends personally. But I never knew until I saw the article that within all these people for whom Titanic is a touchstone that this was even a thing that talking about whether he could have made it yeah. I didn't and that's why I said I think, it to you because I'm like I didn't even know this was a thing to be oh, fair I think it's it's not like a thing in the sense like you're on your James Bond thing your message but it's I a thing that it, it, it makes be. for it makes well but it's a comedy it sounds like it it's, might be. it's a perfect comic bit like okay. so I think people who are like doing some shtick will be like I think he could have lived and, you know like oh, this you know it's kind of sticking a little little satire or a little po- poking a little fork in the uh, balloon that is the Titanic <laughs> How long is she on the door in the movie? Because again, Titanic. Is you know, the they door. don't say, but like, literally, she's the only alive person in the water when the, in door, at dawn. Yeah, like, or not even dawn. I think it's when when the boats come back. So maybe it's not that long because it's. And if you remember, the boats are out there, and they and they and they're saying we can't go back because the people swamp us when they all grab the boat and I they'll pull down this. the lifeboats. So then eventually they go back and they're going whistling and stuff, and like she's like a boat, and like that's the only person they pull out of the water. So my question: Where does she could have lived that? Forget him. I yeah. question whether she could live. No, that's that true. Long. That's a good point. Yeah. So like, it was all a bit bogus. I mean, she was completely wet and then on top of a yes. door in the freezing cold freezing air. Cold. That might have been colder yeah. than it would have yeah. been in the water, probably. Not. I must I say, it's a movie. Scientifically. We'll, ask, we'll check on James Cameron's scientific study. I did. We have talked about the Titanic disaster on a number of occasions. We spent a whole episode talking about someone who put some animated simulation up online. I remember oh, yeah, yeah. when yeah. we talked about it. And it is one of those things. I am of interest. You know, it's like when you watch, if you if you're just sitting there at night and there's a Titanic show on, you're like, and and again, it's one of those things where someone is always marketing the latest what sunk the Titanic. Well, like there's something like, new to be learned. Yeah, and they were going to find it, you right. know, and like we're going to find untold riches in there. It's like okay, whatever. As much as I'm a sucker for some of that stuff, like if there's a Hindenburg documentary on, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll watch that for half an hour, like a good burn up. I'll sit and watch the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. Titanic, the movie. And like I say, it's playing back on, I'm, I'm sure, I think it's on Showtime or one of those networks that currently have the rights, so it's in cable broadcast rotation at the moment. I've noticed for the last four or five weeks, every night, either 
anything from Showtime 1 to Showtime 7 is showing Titanic at some moment in the day. I think it's Showtime. It may be one of the HBOs, or it may be like Stars and Flicks, one of those. Since I saw the film in the cinema, I have never sat through it in its entirety since. I didn't see it in the theater, so I... And to be fair, because I... I would never sit through an entirety No, I wouldn't. And and as much as I enjoyed it at the time... Kind of know how it ends. Well, (laughs) as much as I enjoyed it at the time, the first hour and a half, yeah, what am I doing here? What what do I care? Yeah. Can we just get to the iceberg and the ship sinking? So I will sort of funnel back in now, funnel... Yeah, you know, I've I've watched frequently the scene where it tips up and it breaks and everybody's hanging up there because I'm always like... If I've got... If I've come... If I've scanned through the channels and the water's at a certain level, I'll throw the remote down (laughs) and know that, okay, we're about 15 minutes away from this thing sinking. (laughs) But if I scan through and it's the first 10 minutes... I'm like, yeah, I need to avoid that channel for the next four hours, and I'm looking for something else to watch. I've never watched it in its entirety, and I'm not, I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I've seen it. I had that experience last night where I started to watch a movie that was running, and it was uh, The Menu with Ray Fiennes. Which I've not seen. Is that good? I don't know. I mean, it's like a scary, creepy kind of movie. Okay. Like, But I, mean, I wouldn't put too much stock in it. What's his but, name is in it? Uh, the Nicholas Holt? And I can't remember who the girl uh, John is. Legu- I, I, the gr- John Leguizamo in it? Yeah, he okay. is. And, uh, um, and the woman who was... Uh, I hope there's a good movie on this flight. That's a great John Leguizamo line. Oh, executive she was in the Watchmen series. Nobody would know who she was. Anyway, um, but it's one of those ones where you get into the movie and you know you haven't missed very much at the beginning, right? Like just a little bit. But you're not totally sure exactly how okay. much. So I go through it, and then I'm like, "Well, I got to back." Because I mean, like, I have to have a comprehend. Like, if I'm going to see this movie for the first time, I need to go back. And so okay. I went to on demand, and it turns out I like literally missed five minutes. That had no consequence whatsoever to my enjoyment of the movie. But I didn't want to be like, "Okay, I've never really seen it." But it's kind of weird to see the movie where you then go back. And are you watch one the first of the five people, minutes? Are you one of those people that if you come into a film late, mm-hmm. even if just by like a minute and a half? Do you take the position that you haven't seen the film? Well, no, I wouldn't take that position, but I would well, not. See, I, I wouldn't. I would. I would not be comfortable taking the picture that I have seen the film, have a discussion without having seen the first five minutes. Okay, so that's why I go oh, back and enough. I fill it in. Yeah, you know? okay. Like, so I don't have to confront that yeah. dilemma. <laughs> but, but so, I and go of course, there. yeah, the fact that everything streams now does make that easier. And, and once you do that, if, if it's a movie that you might watch again, which I'm sure, man, you'll be on over and over again, and it's weird enough that it might be worth. It's again, it's just. Filling up background noise. Now I don't have to care about the beginning. Like I've seen the beginning now. Now I can stumble into it halfway through and it won't matter. Obviously, like I think many of us, we don't go to the cinema as much now as as we did prior mm-hmm. to to COVID. But even now, when I go, anyone who knows me knows I'm I'm a stickler for getting there early. Did I tell you we went? I don't want to be a dude wandering in during like the title song or some such nonsense. Like I, I want to be in my seat and well positioned for. I don't even I don't even feel right if I've not seen any of the pre stuff. So even if when the Universal or whatever it is logo comes up, if I've just got to my seat, I need a few minutes to like get my bearings. Yeah, yeah. So oh no, I, that's never changed for me. So uh, the mo- we actually went to the uh, real theater for a movie recently, okay. and you know what we went to see? Jaws. They were doing a, oh, a special screening a of Jaws at uh, the, the local theater here. And uh, so that one is interesting because, again, that's a movie, of course, you, you turn it on anytime and you're probably going to yes, watch it. Yes, like, I did that the other night. But as a result, you very rarely see the very beginning. 
right? And I'm sure you have seen the beginning, but you very rarely, so you kind of forget about the very beginning about, like, you know, when they talk about him arriving on the island. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. couple of things. And then even when the girl gets eaten at the very beginning is really the most violent part of the whole thing. Like, that, you know, like she's getting dragged it, around and all this sort of stuff. That's pretty rough. It's true. That and Quint getting it at the end. Yeah. Everything else. For, is, for some reason, that Quint getting it at the end to me, like, it's a little bit funny. Like, I don't know. Like, the way he's yelling, and he doesn't, like, you know, he does when he chokes up the blood. That's a little grosser. But, but like, it's like, ah! Like, and, and, like, the whole thing about a shark that's pushing the boat down. Well, the but the on first the one is a much more realistic, or I think a more realistic, oh, Okay. Shark killing, like somebody swimming, and then it gets dragged around. And yeah, like the notion that a shark is going to jump up on the boat is a little bit fantastic. Oh, that, that, I think it'd be fun to go back. And like I'm never on a again. boat. I'm never on a boat, and I'm worried that the shark's going to come up and get me on the boat. Okay, but I would be worried if I'm swimming somewhere where sharks are, and like in the deep water, and they might just grab you. So you're never worried on a boat that the shark might... Because remember, the shark oh, yeah, attacks starts the smashing boat. the boat. Yeah, I'm yeah, not worried okay. about no, that. Like, in real enough. life, I'm not particularly afraid of that. Um, I, I skipped over the one thing He's about... He's either very smart or very dumb. Speaking about, Exactly. Speaking about generational stuff, uh, that there's a that Titanic, the, the orchestra that says it's been an honor, blah, yep. blah, blah. Apparently, there's a very big meme amongst the Gen Zers or millennials or okay. something like that, where like it's just like a saying that they'll use to talk about like, you know, we're all fiddling as the Titanic. Oh, It's been an honor. We're all dying. Okay. <laughs> we're all going to, something horrible is going to happen to us. You know, and the band played on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. You um, moves along. Movies. You know, so I think our next category was we were going to talk about some people who pass, and I'm trying to think who's from the movies. Well, the only one from the, from the movies, he lived, Jeremy Renner. He probably should be dead. Right. You haven't, there's no, there's a guy, well, actually, I don't think you picked him. Like, um, well, we'll talk about legacy.com in a second, but let's talk about uh, Jeremy Renner since he's alive. Yes. Like, you know, a snowplow accident, right? And I think when they say snowplow, they mean like a, it's not like a truck with wheels and a snow. No. It's one of those snow cats that snow, people see like snow cats. It's, it's what you see in The Shining, speaking of. Right. Which I, <laughs> I sent you some pictures. Yeah. I did send you an article that was in The Guardian with some pictures from behind the scenes filming of The yeah. Shining. Yeah. And, but and like, was, this story keeps coming out, like talking about this stuff, but it's. Nobody's really saying what he did, other than he sort of ran himself over, like he left it in gear or something like that. My understanding of it is this, from watching various news sources, is a family member had got stuck in the snow. Yeah. So he'd fired up, and apparently he is known, he's quite obsessive, it's (laughs) boys and toys, he gets to have all this snow-removing equipment. He goes down in this big bobcat to free them, and while he's standing out, the thing starts to roll. And my understanding is he tries to get back on it to stop it. But obviously, because if you see those things, it's moving tracks yeah, like yeah, a tank. Yeah. Obviously, he just slipped. Yeah. And then he got run over by yeah. it. And then, you know, made it. I mean, I don't know what kind of other injuries he has, but like he just recently put a picture out, and I'm like, I don't know, your face looks pretty decent. He's got some bruises on the side of his face, but it doesn't look like a good person. Like his, his, yeah. yeah and, and also, and I, I think I said this to you in the green room. Tracks on snow, tracks work on snow because it's about sort of compacting the snow and spreading the weight type thing. Mm-hmm. So that may be... And, and when we say tank things, they're like tank things with big pointy stuff in them. So oh, definitely really? would chew okay. you up. Yeah, that's how yeah. they grab their But I think it sort of pushed him in. He was able to sort of get pushed into the snow. Mm-hmm. If he'd been lying on mud or concrete, he'd... 
That would be probably would have been squished. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but he made it, so but so, he won't be doing any movies for a while. So we, think. you know, in the course of accumulating obituaries, um, you had sent a link to Legacy.com, which essentially is it's it's oftentimes if you go to somebody's like funeral home website, that's who I think powers the put a testimonial up and stuff like that. So we but they will have link. A, we will link this this site. They have a section of their website, you know, their own website that's just obituaries in the news, and it's um, you know it's everybody. Like it just it's one of these things where it well, gets a little bit daunting in the sense of how many. Um, so you and I, we have any longtime listeners of the show know that every now and again when someone. Of note for us, and I've put it that way on purpose because mm-hmm. we don't, you know, we don't tend to talk about people when they're there all the time. But if a musician dies that resonates with us, we'll talk about it. I remember when we talked about, I think in the last year we talked about John McAfee, the guy who owned McAfee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we talked about him because he had this fascinating backstory, yeah. which I, you know, so we don't just. This isn't an obituary show, but we try and pick people that are like, oh, well, so and so died. It did feel in the last couple of weeks that loads of people have been dying. Yeah. And what I did, instead of, I was originally going to email you and go, hey, why don't we just talk about this, these six or seven people and add anyone you want. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt like it had been so numerous that I just typed into my Google search, you know, list of deaths. <laughs> yeah, right. And one of the first websites that popped up was this legacy.com. So I clicked on it, and I'm like, oh, great. Everyone is here in order with their picture. So I just sent you that link. Mm-hmm. It was only since then that we've gone deeper into legacy.com. It is a, realize, yeah, it is like a website that like seems to be everything. a clearinghouse for deaths, but also it looks like it's sort of a clearinghouse for, you know, just regular people, yeah, obituary right, right. listings, and yep. then there are all kinds of services off it, like find a funeral home or send flowers. Mm-hmm. Or, But I also see, too, it, it, it obviously it's powered by its relationship with local newspapers. Yeah. Because obviously that's how that information goes. But I can imagine, too, if you're the editor of your local newspaper, it's also great to go there. In the same way that we just went there for the Atlantic Voice podcast. Yeah, well, you kind of wonder, because they have people on staff at the big newspapers that write the obits, and, of course, they write a bunch of them in advance. But this looks like these obits are written by the Legacy.com people. Right. You kind of wonder when if they, they won't, if they don't. Maybe they do already place it in, like, smaller papers that would not have people on staff. Anyway, so the um, the most recent one they have listed on the website at this very moment is Earl Bowen, who was from The Terminator. Yeah, from, ter- from so, Terminator like, 1 That was a tie into the movie, but, yeah. uh, but um, he was the site psychologist who's like very skeptical of all this stuff but after that we get into baseball players the art mcnally nfl's father of instant replay you know but co-founder of dave and busters um things like that and then there are quite Pele, a few music pope, people quite a few, yes and now like i mean and now this is just making me feel old it's like bands that are kind of recent i mean this one jeremiah green the modest mouse from drummer modest mouse. born in 1977 uh the next page is there's like three different drummers like fred white earth wind fire drummer was just a couple of days ago and then i think there's another drummer on the next page well so a drummer had died during the world cup because i played i talked about him from from a band of my youth, the Stranglers. He died during the World Cup. And then a couple of days after the World Cup finished, Terry Hall died. Yep. Terry Hall was Special. behind the specials and then Banana Rama and Fun Boy 3. And in terms of 
British New Wave music and and sort of the original ska revolution. You know, he was at ground zero for all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. He passed, but you're right. Then all of a sudden, two days later, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire's drama and... And and then the Modest Mouse guy, yeah. who I didn't even know his name. I just know, oh, yeah, Modest right. Mouse. No, I've no, got no, a whole yeah. load of their songs. But yeah. so yeah, it was. It, it's been a funny old run. Mm-hmm. So of people, though, who was on your list? I just noticed here, Ken Block was one of the people on my list. Yeah, do I have that there? So Ken Block is basically was basically a stunt driver, <laughs> and he was. I think he originally, as a young man, had done some world rally stuff and everything. But then out of that, he'd gone deep into this drifting. But what was notable about Ken Block, he had created a production called Jim Carna. It's called Jim Carna, G-Y-M-A-J-N-A. And he would then release high... Yeah, High-production-value movies that would become events on the internet. Mm-hmm. And again, so if you had any passing interest in cars, which I know you and I do, mm-hmm. I'd be on a website and it would say, Don, new Jim Carner drops on Friday. Mm-hmm. I actually went, excuse me, I went, I went online the other day. I went to YouTube the other day just to see. We're not playing any clips on this show, but in case we would, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should get some clips of Ken Block. And he'd been on Top Gear in all its forms yeah. about nine times. Mm-hmm. And he'd, been, he'd worked with James. He'd been on when James May was on the show. He'd been on when Mac LeBlanc was on the show. Co-founder and, of DC Shoes. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Ken Block was to sort of stunt and drift driving mm-hmm. what Tony Hawk is to skateboarding. Yeah. So he's huge. And again, if you watch any of these ones... Because obviously it must have cost a fortune to make these films. They tend to be 13, 14 minute films, and they yeah. would all have sort of, you know, he driving around somewhere where cars are not supposed to drive around. Right, like, right. but the production values were were super high. You know, helicopter cameras, drone cameras. You know, he's notable because he'd taken what is ultimately what is ultimately a relatively niche interest. And made gazillions of money from it. Mm -hmm. And when he died, I'm like, oh, man, Ken Block died. He died in a snowmobile accident. That's right, yeah. So tied right into our snow issues. Snow, yeah. Um, So he he passed. The inventor of chicken tikka masala. Yes, I saw Ali Ahmed Aslam. You'd think something like that would be a old dish somewhere, but I don't know anything about well, it. It's not. I mean, I've had it, but I well, don't. so I will tell you as a as a Brit the history of chicken tikka masala. Chicken tikka is is basically tandoori chicken. Mm-hmm. So chicken cooked up in a tandoori oven, mm-hmm. charred, crispy, juicy, but when it's served traditionally. It's just served like, yeah. um, uh, what do you call it? Um, what do you call them? What's the meat that you slice off? It's in Heroes. It's sliced off the big like big Pressed wheel. lamb? Yeah. yeah. So it's just served like that on either salad or rice. Chicken tikka masala, so it's an Indian dish. Chicken tikka masala, which is basically throwing a sauce on top of it, yeah. was invented 
in Britain by yeah, this well, guy in Scotland because he no claimed one, to invent chicken tikka masala in the seventies after a customer asked if he could have sauce with the check right. standard chicken tikka because it was too dry. He took cream, a can of condensed tomato soup, and various spices to come up with the sauce. And now it is the number one most popular curry in Britain. Yeah. And obviously now, if you go to an Indian restaurant here in America, you can order chicken tikka masala. It's this interesting thing where the food had been exported from its from its sort right. of a place of origin and has now returned in a slightly different form mm-hmm. and, in some people's opinion, improved upon. Yeah. Me, personally, I tend to like chicken tikka more than chicken tikka masala. Well, because yeah. I think you the just like dry just, meat. Yeah, well, yeah, I just I can taste it that way. But anyway, the, the dude who claims to be the first restaurant owner slash chef to do it, he passed away. Oh, Barbara Walters, obviously big she timer. Died, yeah. uh, you know, um, they, uh, when we were we were away for the weekend, and there were um, some younger people, you know, meaning in the teenage years, around, and they were like, "Who the heck's Barbara Walters?" You know, like literally no clue at all. Which, of course, it's not surprising, but it is kind of weird to think about somebody who is like an ever-present piece of life for a lot of years there. So I have a question for you about Barbara Walters, because obviously you would have grown up at, in America at a time. I came here and she was in sort of, I would say, like the third act of her career. And so she was doing sort of more sort of ce- celebrity interviews is the wrong word, but it's like long form right. news interviews with people who are was in the ever, midst of things. Was she ever a hard news type reporter slash interviewer? Um, or was she, has she always been more of a, and I and this is unfair, and, and, and I, I want to excuse, please excuse me if I'm wrong with what I'm saying, and I don't mean to say this. When people say, oh, so-and-so sits down with Oprah, you tend to think, well, they're picking Oprah because they don't want to sit down with Anderson Cooper or whoever I don't. Be. I don't think so because I'm, lo- I'm looking at her. in her career, Barbara Walters was more in that sort of Oprah level where there's a slight sense of there's going to be a few softballs and we're not here to, to make you look bad. Whereas... Well, I don't know if it's I, soft. I, I mean, know. what she was known for is like getting people to open up without being hard hitting. Like, okay, you know, so, get a, like almost like a therapy enough. session and get people to okay. cry or whatever it is. But, but that is that has always been sort of. But like, it looks like. I guess she came from a rich family, goes to Sarah Lawrence, and she goes straight from there to uh, writing for CBS Good Morning, where she learned under head writer Andy Rooney. And by 61, uh, 1961, she made the move to NBC's Today Show as a writer and researcher. She debuted on the other side of camera as the, quote, Today Girl in on-air, handled lightweight stories and inconsequential subjects. It's okay. a hard-hitting subject. I mean, I don't think she was in on the ABC evening news in the mid-70s. So I don't... She probably conveyed some reasonably heavy stories, okay. but I don't think she was known for, you know, being an investigator. Not like Mike reporter. Wallace yeah. or anyone from She's, 60 Minutes. She, she, she was co-anchor with Hugh Downs. Yeah. So, like, this okay. isn't, she yeah, wasn't, like, a life. fluff person. No, but, yeah. so it was somewhere in between yeah. then. Okay. And, of course, she did The View in the, in the sort of well, that's the thing, tail end, her, her last act. You're yeah. doing a lot of stuff where people like me sit back and go, this is all nonsense type thing, yeah. maybe. Beginning in 1993, she produced an annual special Barbara Walters movie. 10 most fascinating people. One of the things that we talked about, like we mentioned, is, you know, there was a lot of people who do skits about her in comedy that, you know, they kind of make fun of her. She had a bit of a, I don't so know, speech, speech pattern. pattern. Yeah, well, that's what we were having no, a big no, debate Liz, about she, there. Um, yeah. Yeah, she, 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 so she people would say Barbara Wawa and like Walters. Adobe's. And yeah. then the, one of the people we were with was commenting. They thought it was always because like Wawa, like water, making everybody cry. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was no, the voice. No, she turns you know, her kind of in the Yeah. 
Anyway. She probably would have got coin toss correct, though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or at least she would have had the staff around her to be like, let's do that again. <laughs> Pele. Yeah. Which, I, you know, Pele, obviously, huge thing. But I didn't, I can't, I mean, other than the fact that he was on the Cosmos for a hot minute when I was a youth but it's but I remember really the people who came after him at the Cosmos, but certainly it was a big deal in soccer in, in the United States and globally and you know, in different ways and, and seems to have always been a good ambassador. I, I mean that's, that's the one thing say, is yeah, like he was the first like soccer global superstar. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, and I think this is as much obviously he he always seemed to be a good guy. Like yeah, with with right. any the public persona. Right. But what what do we really know? But he did take sort of the responsibility of, and I think because he played here in the U.S. when the game was new, he did take sort of very seriously this, I'm an ambassador for the game. You know, obviously, that's a one-time role. It doesn't need to be filled. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Right, because it's been done. Now, the argument is, is always, when I grew up, he was both... You know, when I was when I was a kid, he was that person, and he was also the greatest player ever. <laughs> exactly. But clearly, since then, you know, people can Maradona, see your air quotes. I couldn't tell if you don't yes, really no, mean I mean, it. I you was, put air quotes. I don't know if that means you didn't mean he. Like, no, I oh, did it. People I, say he's the greatest well, player I, ever, but I, I, I disagree. I just well, no, I just did it because you know, like, there's yeah. not an official position of greatest right. player ever. Right. But obviously, we've had Maradona and Messi yeah. had his big moment in the World Cup, and mm-hmm. so I think in a strange way. His his passing and everything to do with his passing, at least around the world, I would just think because of time, it is about because of how he represented the sport, as much as the fact that he's won the World Cup three times. Yeah, he, he never was the played. youngest guy. Just he. Oh no, I think never in was, Europe, right? You know, like so he's seventeen no, in the nineteen fifty World Cup. Yeah, he it was played Brazil for back, back. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and the story goes. And he like came he, to the Cosmos. That's right. Yeah, but that that's kind of that's the whole career right there. Played like, with Sylvester Stallone and escaped to victory. Just, I, yeah, I just mean, discussed <laughs> on the. Uh, I don't believe reviewed, but discussed. Uh, maybe you definitely talked about it. Some I did the, talk uh, about it. I did talk about it and. I remember that was a show that I'm like, I hadn't realized that he was sick. Oh. I just don't been following it. Yeah, yeah. And I'd expected. And so when I read in the newspaper, oh, you know, so there's preliminary reports that he might have died. My first reaction was, I didn't know he was sick. Yeah. And two, I'm thinking, God, blimey, I better get the, the show where I mentioned him out now because <laughs> I don't want it to look like I'm dumb. You know, be two him. more mid or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I bet the movie was it was really kind of a mess, but you know. I mean, oh, though, I don't know. I was gonna say about the movie was that it happened to come out about the time that I was me. It was like even a summertime, and so we had a. I played on the travel soccer team. You know, not very dramatic, but we had the, our town's tournament, and right. like everybody went. Like entire soccer teams were going to see that movie. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, like during that time, and in it was America. all around the same time as he was playing for the Cosmos, and yeah. the game was trying to get its first sort of liftoff moment in the U.S. And I, I think you can go to YouTube and you can find clips of uh, what was his name? He used to host Worldwide of Sports, Jim. Is it Jim McKay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So talking of people like Barbara Walters, Jim McKay mm-hmm. worked for ABC. There's him in Giant Stadium talking to Pele and Sylvester Stallone before a game, sort of like the celebrity drop-in interview. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is all around the same time as 
you know, the New York Cosmos and the NS, NASL in its first sort of iteration yep. was a big deal. The uh, a pope died. Have we already pope, mentioned that? So you know, it didn't like uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, um, who was briefly a pope um, and then stepped down in 2013, which is not normally what popes do. No, he's the I first am, pope to die not in office. I think was how I am very unknowing of the situation yeah. there. Other than I know one was more conservative, sure and one was less back, conservative. I'm sure, and, way back in history in the 15th century. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe you had the position until. Until you did pass. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't remember. Like, I'm, I know because he was German, he had a background where he's drafted into the Hitler youth. You yeah. Know, you're required to. But I don't apparently. think that was what put him out on the uh, poping stuff. But in any event. Uh, I think he was always a slightly, there was a, there was a, he was a slightly reluctant pope. Yeah. What was the movie, The Two Popes? I, I remember somebody else the in Anthony my, my extended family was was really recommending it, but I never got around to no, watching it. No, my mom's watched it and she says it's brilliant. It's, yeah. it's on HBO. It was on HBO Max. It's called The Two Popes. Yeah. It's Anthony. Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Oh yeah, and I don't know if it's supposed to be like John real. Paul and him. Oh yeah, I think or, so. Or is it? Is it? Sort I think of, it's. It's like it's based on an actual meeting, but nobody really knows what they said at the meeting. Okay. Right? Like, um, but they do play those characters. Yeah, that's what exactly. that, maybe that's what I'm saying is are they play? Are they interpreting real people, or is it two popes that I have been so. two characters that have been created where we go, well, that's so and so, and that's got to be such and such. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, my mom has seen it. Bless her. She says it's very it's good. Based on a play, apparently. I don't, yeah. They really cranked this stuff out fast. Uh, adapted from McCartan's play, the Pope, which predominantly set in Vatican City in the aftermath yeah. of the Vatican leak scandal. The follows Pope Benedict Sixteenth, played by Anthony Hopkins. You, you cast the two dudes. Yeah. Find out when they're available. Sit around. Yeah. Drop them off at the soundstage. Pretty Bob's cheap. Your couple uncle. of costumes. Yeah, a couple of people. A couple of. <laughs> Do you bung it in the oven and yeah, then Bob's your uncle? That's what it is. It's on. It's on HBO. Yeah, just you bung it in knows. the oven. Last night we had a lot of discussion about bunging things in the oven, which is. No. Any other, death, any other deaths that we've missed as we get? You to had. Um, I thought I had someone else too. Uh, Mike Hodges. Um, Way back when, Mike Hodges, English film director, his biggest hit was the original Get Carter with Michael Caine. Funnily enough, there is a remake of that which Michael Caine was in where Sylvester Stallone plays the Michael Caine character. Mm-hmm. character. The original is based on a novel called Jack's Return Home. And interestingly enough, it's a very pretty straightforward revenge novel with a gangster coming back to his hometown to find out who murdered his brother. The film has actually been done about four different times. It's one of those movies where, like, there's a black exploitation version oh, yeah. with Bernie Casey, and I can't, it's called something like Trigger Man. I ran into that late on TV one night, and I sat and watched it, and the plot is exactly the same. So it's one of those films where there's probably, like, a Hong Kong version of it. Mm-hmm. But Mike Hodges was the first person to take that film, to take that story and put it on film. And now, 50 years later, it's regarded as, like, a British Classic set. Well, you know, so Newcastle um, and this is from the Guardian, like the opening paragraph. I guess. But he also made his big also, sorry, social commentary. But he also made Flash Gordon, right? And the whole point when he died was he had this kind of varied career, like yeah. this sort of violent, sort of. I, this is the wrong thing to say, but I mean it not in terms of its content, but I mean it in terms of its size and its sort of heft. The, the Get Card is a bit like Reservoir Dogs when it first came out. 
it was it was seen as right. people didn't really give a, a lot of respect. Well, and I then th- in history, it's been like, oh, no, you can now get special editions of it. So its stature has grown, but it was very much a one-star independent movie. Didn't make a lot of money in the U.S. at the time. But then, of course, Mike Hodges has gone on. There's a couple of other films, but, of course, he made Flash Gordon, which I remember from being a kid was a, I don't know if it was a huge hit, but it was a huge deal. And he's done a couple of other things where you go, wow, it's a pretty interesting career. I guess he talked, like, so I guess, you know, I think there's a social commentary aspect to that. And the, even though it's sort of a pulpy movie and the thing, yeah. but, but like, so like there's the, the article mentions that he sent a letter to the guardian not long ago and saying, even after 50 years, do we properly get Carter? Question mark. Hodge lays, lays, laid it bare. We will get Carter. If we get that's in a Hogarthian polemic about the British class system and all its shame and self hate. <laughs> um, I know that sounds one of those things where you think like some sort of artistic person says something and it all sounds a bit yeah. like... Uh, Hogarthian is probably not a word yeah. that I know meaning of or, or many people in America, so I'm not sure what them left to check. Do you know what Hogarthian means? They're their old cartoons oh. from like the 19th century. I think okay. Victorian era cartoons that like any modern political... They were, they were sort of the first political cartoons. Got and it. obviously... Great Britain of that time was very much, and perhaps still is, rooted mm. in class and whatever. I will say this about Get Carter. I remember being a kid, and it was a film that would never be on TV, and it was always kind of criticized for just sort of being like some cheap knockoff thriller. Oh, yeah, it's not really, you know, it was, if, yeah. you know, oh, it wants to be, it, it thinks it's noir, but it's not. It's just kind of trash, revenge yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And then as it's aged, along with Michael Caine aging and mm-hmm. sort of taking on, and the way that whole generation, their work sort of gets re, you know, all of a sudden Sean Connery is a much better actor than he was. He was a movie star, but now he's, oh, he's done, you know, he did oh, this, yeah. he did that. No, it adds, uh, yeah. like, retroactive. Right. Uh, Get Carter has been sort of re-examined with, like, special releases and this type of thing. I own the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I'll probably watch it once a year. Mm-hmm. It's terrific acting. Michael Caine gets criticized a lot for, for just sort of being Michael Caine. Yeah. He plays a nasty piece of work in this, and you really believe, it. he's really good in it. And I'm like, wow, it's, and he says himself, he thinks it's some, you know, it's one of his career high points is being in Get Carter. But to, to be what it says, when I watch it, you know, it looks like in England that, you know, I was, you know, I would have been like a little kid, so I don't remember growing up in that England, but it looks like early 70s Britain. Yeah. And so we feel, so as a film, it exists as a snapshot of time. And I'm sure there are films, you know, we'll, I'm, I'm trying to think of different things, you know, American films. It's like if you watch, I don't know, I watched Lawrence of Arabia over the holidays. Lawrence of Arabia, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, the world's not like that now. People don't talk to each other that way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, Like certain films, they reflect yeah. their time. And it's interesting. We, we've been talking about, you know, Jim, James Cameron's Titanic. I think he tried... But I, maybe it's still too new, even though it's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Titanic and go, my gosh, what a commentary on early 20th century Britain. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no. But that's what I'm saying. A film like Get Carter now has that about it where it is a reflection of its time. Yeah, it'd be, inter- it'd be interesting to think about what movies might be that now. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to remember when you mentioned this. Somebody on that, again, the Smartless podcast, really the only podcast I listen to these days, partly because I don't drive to work as often, so I can only cover so many things. But um, somebody somebody had some really good story, like, for for him being a huge jerk at some... uh, is it Paul Thomas Anderson? Somebody like he did would Paul he have been Paul Thomas Anderson? No, Who? you know, it wasn't Michael Caine. It was um it was Paul Thomas Anderson talking about um Gene Hackman. Really? Like in like I guess Gene Hackman has a bit of a reputation be, <laughs> Gene Hackman apparently yes, Gene Hackman can be I I don't know if it's jerk. I've heard and I love Gene Hackman. I think he's a brilliant actor. But apparently he is hyper professional. Yeah. And so as far as he's concerned, it's work. Yeah. So if people are not doing their work, he can get a bit, yeah. a bit edgy. I, I figured it was like he wanted to change the word being used in something, and Paul Thomas Anderson, I think it was Paul Thomas, unless it was Wes Anderson, uh, was talking about Maybe like, Wes Anderson, because yeah, he was like, in, um, right, it was, no, he was in, um, or uh, you, know, you know what it was? It was Ed Norton talking about this whole thing Ironic, like, like, really? yeah, like you know the like Ed and they Norton. were talking about there was some there was yeah was, there was some reference to like some word that he wanted to change and the and the director was like no no i just like this way this other way the way this other word sounds yeah, it, was, it probably would have been west Anderson. yeah and so michael Caine's like reaction was like hey you know it's just our audience f them like because he was basically saying that nobody was going to understand what this reference meant because they used some other name as the word uh, it's just like you know classic stuff yeah anyway that definitely wandered far off of michael Caine, but you know but no, because they were they were in. I don't think. Do they have a scene? To, I think they have one scene together. They are in. They are in a bridge too far together. Oh, yeah. All right then. This is like the the six degrees of is, Michael yeah. Caine. And they no, they do have a scene together towards the end of the movie. Michael Caine and Connery are in the film together, but they never have any scenes together. And they were good buddies. But there is a scene towards the end of the movie where I think Michael Caine, Gene Hackman, Ryan O'Neal are all standing there. So IMDb must have like a, a search engine that links these things because when I searched Michael Caine, Gene Hackman, it and I'm afraid to click on the link because I'll probably lose it. But it's basically like the little blur. I don't think we've been in anything else together. Though. Well, so this oh, is the I thing: is, it's it's basically sort it says sorted by popularity, and the first item is a bridge too far. Yep. And the second one is Rowan and Martin's laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and well, then Tonight go. Show, and then Entertainment Tonight, <laughs> yeah, and okay. Good Morning America. <laughs> so like no actual <laughs> movies, but <laughs> things that they <laughs> both show up in. That's a fun. That must might be an interesting. I'm Gene Hackman, of course, who's now retired from acting. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how you get to this stuff because it's not like it's not like a clear field, but that would be kind of a fun thing to just take two yeah. actors and figure out what they did together. But anyway, if you were in the movies until just today, those at the time of recording when the dude from Terminator died, you kind of got off scot free for the last month. You seemed <laughs> a whole lot of musicians, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of people in sports. I, interesting enough, the guy that invented instant replay. I'm surprised yeah. that didn't get. Was it instant? Instant replay was that? Yeah, Art yeah I don't know if he like invented it or like figure out how to use it okay. for the broadcast or no. for replays. Or I can't remember if it's that. You know, I've lo- I've closed that page now, unfortunately. Um, but the um, I was surprised there wasn't more about that because that is something there was a longer article now, in yeah, the post sports section, but because that's really changed, kind of changed sports. Yeah, I'd say that. Okay, uh, I think that's it for yeah, our show. Was, you know, yeah, my endurance is off. You know, so yeah, I gotta, so this I gotta, is a know, relatively like, short one. But we will yeah, be back yeah. in a couple of weeks, and we will. We do have to total up our summer movie. We do. I, I found the piece of paper here. I'll have to make a little scan for you or something. So yeah, you can, can you do that? Because I'm yeah. very untrusting of other people. I understand. Notes. I'm same. I'm with you. No, no. Okay, yeah, I'm untrusting of your characterization of what we actually said in podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Atlantic Voice podcast. I'm Zeph. I'm Eric. Take care.
You've just enjoyed Eric and Zeph on the Atlantic Voice podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Atlantic underscore voice. You can find the show at Libsyn.com, iTunes, and of course at AtlanticVoice.net. Email us at AtlanticVoice at gmail.com. And now on YouTube, search for The Atlantic Voice. The Atlantic Voice, 3,000 miles of opinion.